Bonjour, mes cœurs. Hello, my hearts. A bienvenue. Welcome to the next episode of the Paris Lessons. I hope that everyone is doing very well as you wrap up this 2019. In this episode, I'm going to take you through one of the lessons in my Being Yourself, the French Way self-study course. This is a course that I created in April of this year, and I initially ran it as uh, a live hosted online course and then turned it into a digital self-study course. And I'm actually going to compare it to my other self-study course, one of my other self-study courses that is called French Confidence. That one I created in August of 2018. And I was prompted to to compare the two uh, from a question that I received in the French Love Facebook group yesterday. So thank you so much to the member who posted that question. These two courses actually pair very, very well together. I could actually say, having gone over them again this morning, being yourself is sort of like the part two of French confidence. Particularly, I would say it's a continuation of the the fourth part of French confidence, the fourth and last part of French confidence, where we really start to get into your inner world or the inner world behind the, the French je ne sais quoi. So what I'll do is I'll take you through the, the topics of French confidence. And both of these are available on the site. They're part of the end of year French is beautiful offering. French confidence is offered at a price that's less than its usual price. Being yourself is offered at a price that's much less than its usual price. I had actually said uh, in my newsletter this weekend that being yourself is my favorite of all of my courses in my L'Art de Vivre, in my Art of Living series. And actually the same member who asked the question about uh, the difference between French confidence and being yourself said, it seems that you prefer being yourself over French confidence. And actually that, that isn't quite, that's not what I meant when I said that being yourself is my favorite out of all of those classes that I've created. I think that being yourself holds a special place in my heart because it's the first of these courses in this series that I created after having a year of philosophy studies at the Sorbonne under my belt. And so I can really see that training in the Being Yourself course. Also, as I said in the answer to the question on the Facebook uh, groups page yesterday, there's something about being yourself that is both very poetic and very, very grounding. It really deals a lot with our inner world, being yourself the French way. I had initially called it être soi-même, which means to be oneself in French, but it's a class that's taught in English, so I changed the title to being yourself. Also, just as the subject of oneself in general is a very, um, it's a subject that's, that's very hard to pin down. In that same sense, it's very hard to really describe what this course, Being Yourself the French Way, is about. So I thought it was best to give it some public love here on the podcast, take you through its topics, take you through one of its lessons. And that's also one of the reasons why I'm offering it at a price that's significantly less than its usual price through December 31st, Paris time. It's because this is such a this is really a powerful course, and I believe in its benefits so much, but it's also been a challenging 
course to market because as I said, the topic of being yourself, it's not, it's, it's not, it's very hard to turn it into a very specific topic that we can all relate to because it's different for each of us. So I will take you through the chapters of that course and describe some of the exercises in it for you. But first, let's talk about French confidence. So French confidence, the thoughts, the feelings, and beliefs behind the French je ne sais quoi. As most of my self-study and online courses are, this course is divided into four sections. So you could actually do you could do this whole course in a weekend if you wanted to sort of turn it into a retreat for yourself, or you could spread it out over four weeks. One of the beauty, one of the beautiful things of having these courses in their self-study format is that you can revisit them as many, many people do. One of my students actually wrote me last night that she's going through managing your money like the French for a third time now as she's really settling into the end of 2019 and setting herself up for having the the financial reality that she desires in 2020. So the four sections of French confidence are beauty, balance, style, and communication. And the style section is technically called fashion, but in the intro to that that section, uh, I explained to you why I prefer the word style over fashion every day and twice on Sunday, as we say. So in beauty, I take you through, uh, really, I take you through exercises that help you to examine your own routine. I describe for you the routine or sort of lack thereof of many French women. We really get into how less is more when it comes to beauty and French culture, how French women uh, admire that American women are so disciplined with doing their blowouts and everything, but that French women are just not willing to spend as much of their day in front of the mirror as American women are. Of course, I'm speaking in generalities here. The second section is entitled Balance, and it's really about being organized. Being organized, getting grounded so that you can live your life very freely and with much less stress. Être bien organisé, to be well organized. That is something that is valued very, very much in French culture. I have become so much more organized since moving to Paris And it really is just so freeing. It's wonderful to know where things are when it comes to paperwork or even, you know, just household items or things that you need only when you're traveling, but it really sets up clarity in your space that is then reflected in your mind. In the third section, fashion or le style, style, I take you through the do's and don'ts if you want to have more of a French style. French style is much more minimalist than American style. I'll give you some specific examples of things not to do. My experience as an American living in Paris has been very interesting because I've learned that being overdressed in Parisian culture is just as much of a no-no as being underdressed in American culture. You never want to look like you tried too hard because if you look like you you tried too hard, then that's showing insecurity. That's essentially showing that you place more value on what you look like than the rest of you, which is so much more interesting 
your thoughts, your feelings, the way that you ask questions, the way that you listen to answers. The fourth section of French confidence is entitled communication. And what I do in this section is I basically take you through steps that guide you to communicate with yourself in a more intentional, in a more pure way, in a more intimate way, so that then you can be very comfortable with yourself, very close to yourself, very close to who you are, and communicate as that person with the rest of the world. This section has a part in it called Living Beyond Apologetically that everyone always writes me about after they finish it. So in in Anglo-Saxon and Anglophone culture a lot, we hear, you know, living unapologetically or, you know, being unapologetically myself. That's actually sounds very aggressive compared to the way that French women are quote unquote unapologetically themselves. I can't even translate for you what unapologetically would be in French because it doesn't exist. And it would just culturally sound so abrasive and aggressive. And this is a theme that comes up a lot when I compare uh, French culture to American culture, specifically French women to American women, is that French women have this, um, you know, it's really what we call this je ne sais quoi. It's a softer force because they don't feel like they have to live apologetically. They don't feel like they have to be apologetically themselves. Therefore, they don't have to be unapologetically themselves. So this then segues into the notion of just in general, being gentle with yourself, being accepting of who you are to the point that you're comfortable enough presenting that person, that who you are, that you're, that quote unquote yourself to the world. So what I'd love to do now is just read the conclusion from French Confidence to you. My intention for this experience was to provide you with a new, inspiring Francophile female lens through which you could realign with your soul. I believe that we are drawn to the things that already exist within us, as if our soul acts as a honing device to detect its reflection in the world. It is, therefore, no accident that you are a Francophile, or Francophile, as we'd say in French, that you are inspired by that je ne sais quoi that you see in French women, that je ne sais quoi exists in you and is ready to step out from under the femme enfant veil. So femme enfant literally means woman child, and this is something that I talk about a lot in this course uh, in French Confidence, this idea of this sort of you know, not quite embracing her womanhood, not quite embracing her power version of, of, of the feminine, if you will, this sort of childlike woman. And the goal of this course is to really help you step into your, your woman, woman. I'd love to leave you with the following idea. Gentleness. Be gentle with yourself. Envision a deep, gentle evolution within yourself and outwards in your life as the ideas that we have discussed together take shape over the coming weeks. Be gentle with yourself. She is yours and will be with you forever. 
Remember that time is a force of nature that is on your side and trust yourself. Drastic, fast changes are extremes or extreme, as we say in French. They feel scary and they rarely are sustainable. Take a page out of the book of your French, sœur, that means sisters in French, and embrace balance. Lean into un équilibre, an equilibrium, une douceur, a gentleness, when it comes to allowing yourself to be the woman you are. Fais-toi confiance, trust yourself, and trust that the world is waiting to meet you. This program comes with audios, it comes with mantras in French and in English. Each section starts with an inspirational quote from a French woman who I admire, either from present day or from history. This course also comes with videos that I created here at Paris in Paris, as does being yourself. So let's talk about being yourself the French way now. And the ebook. They each have ebooks that come with them that have all of these texts in them that I'm reading to you from, and the links for the audios and the videos are in the ebooks. So, being yourself, as I said, I created this course in April of 2019, and this was really inspired by what I was learning in my philosophical studies at the Sorbonne. I was very interested in um, bringing more of a philosophical approach to this L'Art de Vivre, Art of Living series that I started with the original course, which is called L'Art de Vivre, which is also available on the site. That's a wonderful, wonderful course as well. I talk about romance a bit in that one too, as well as other topics. By the way, any of these courses, if you go to the website, I have full descriptions of each of the sections and I'm always available if you have any questions. If you're already one of my students, you can post a question in the private student Facebook group. Or if you're not one of my students yet, you can simply email me at carrieanne, C-A-R-R-I-E-A-N-N-E at frenchisbeautiful.com. And of course, the site is frenchisbeautiful.com. So the four, let me take you through the, well, actually, let me first read the introduction of being yourself the French way. I moved to France in 2015 and a wild adventure of self-discovery began, an adventure that included learning a more peaceful way of relating to myself and, subsequently, creating more of what I wanted in my life. Letting go of a version of ourselves that outdates us or that is only an effect of others' expectations of us is easier than we think if we pause and have a rational look at what makes up our human experience and remember that we are the directors of this film that we are starring in. It involves nothing more than love for ourselves, a touch of courage, that's courage in French, spelled the same way, for change and trust that the world will welcome us as we truly are without any false façade. That's French for façade, spelled the same. And a bit of Patience, patience, also spelled the same in French, as we wait for the world to catch up to what lies in our hearts in our moments of quiet, honest reflection with ourselves. I hope that this course shows you how wonderfully simple and light it feels to step into the pouvoir of moi, the power of me. 
And me is written there with a capital M because I'm talking about this, this collective me that we all experience as ourselves. So as with French confidence, this course has relevant French vocabulary that I take you through in audios. For those of you who'd like to learn some very chic, very powerful French vocabulary along the way, the course is of course taught in English. It has videos that I shot at La Place des Vosges, one of my favorite places in all of Paris. I, I always go there for my evening walks or a walk during the day if I need a break from work or studying. I walk around the fountains. Sometimes I treat them as sort of a labyrinth if I I'm searching for the answer to a question, and they have never failed me in giving me a wonderful answer. There are also fantastic quotes in this course. There are a series of mantras towards the end. I will read you some of them, but first let me take you through the section. So the first section is called Embracing Duality. In this section, I show you how to exist just we get into pure existence as yourself so that you can really, really live. I refer back to this concept of living beyond unapologetically. The dualities that we get into are very important because I use this as sort of the, the door that opens our journey into our, our examination of how we are living in the world. And one of the things that I have noticed, thanks to philosophy and also thanks to life experience, is that we have a tendency to trap ourselves in this dualistic thinking. Good, bad, yes, no, right, wrong. Introvert, extrovert. So it's interesting to look at the areas in which we have labeled ourselves a certain way, and we are either fighting against that label or fighting to stick to that label, whereas actually we would give ourselves a lot of freedom to not only discover, but potentially be ourselves if we would embrace a less dualistic way of thinking. The second section is a wonderful section. So of course, each section has exercises. So I should actually describe those for you. So let me pack it up. Sorry. So there are exercises or exercises in the first section that help you to identify ways in which you are um, labeling yourself or keeping yourself trapped in this dualistic thinking. The exercises contain a series of very simple questions that are just going to illuminate the ways in which you have labeled yourself within this dualistic way of thinking. The second section gets into what I call irrational guilt. Subsequently, since creating this course, I was sitting in a philosophy course earlier this semester, and I heard something very fascinating. I can't remember which philosopher said it, but that guilt is sort of like the second evil. There's an initial evil, but then guilt is like a secondary evil, right? It's this sort of, this pain, this this evil that we create, that we put on ourselves, that we afflict, that we inflict upon ourselves. So basically I break down this irrational guilt that we burden ourselves with, particularly American women. I break it down into the simple act of not trusting yourself, right? So maybe you didn't want to, maybe you didn't want to go to that event, but you couldn't let yourself just not go. You had to also guilt yourself, as a way of sort of punishing 
yourself, or maybe you simply just don't trust your feelings or your needs. So you're constantly having this dialogue within yourself where you're just guilting yourself or you're shaming yourself for your ideas, for your feelings, for your needs. And then I get into this notion of living as showing oneself. And we talk a lot about communication here again. We talk a lot about the the joy of just letting ourselves do the things that give us pleasure, but guilt-free. I encourage you to keep a guilt journal over a period of time that can be determined by you, but to really keep track of this heavy inner dialogue that most of us have that just really weighs down life, our experience of life, but even worse, really pushes down who we really are into this deep, 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 deep place within ourselves. And if we're living with all of this irrational guilt, there's no way that we can be in communication with ourselves, And then there's no way that we can feel as comfortable as we need to feel with ourselves, with who we really are, so that we can be that person in the world. French women live with a lot less irrational guilt, a lot less than American women. And this exercise that I take you through with the guilt journal will really, really help you to appreciate what a large role that your irrational guilt, and I I insist on calling it irrational guilt because I really, really, really want us all to get that into our minds that it is not based on anything rational. It's really just based on on a mistrust of our opinions, of our needs, of our feelings, of a holding back of our thoughts, of a silencing of our desires. The third section is called Une vie de rêve, which means a dream life. So in this section, I evoke a couple of lessons from philosophy Really, what I want to talk to you about in this section is the idea that it's not our ego that's that's holding us back from living our dream life, but that it's boredom. And in, in France, boredom, in French culture, boredom is a metaphor for death, literally l'ennui, ça m'ennui. It's like, oh, it's so boring. That's what we would say in French if something's annoying you or it's not interesting, but you would really say like, oh, it's so annoying. And l'ennui and le rêve cannot go together. They can't go together. So I take you through what we call in philosophy, expérience de pensée. So these are thought experiments to really help you examine different ways where maybe you've kind of cut dreaming out from your life. And I really emphasize the fact that dreaming is existing. Dreaming is existing. We cannot really fully exist and therefore really fully live if we aren't dreaming. There has to be some room for for dream, dreaming, dreams in our lives. And this is something that... um, that I see so much in French culture that I think is so beautiful. I mean, the French really just leave a wonderful amount of space for not just dreaming, but breathing and enjoying life in their days. And in the next podcast episode, I'm going to talk about time because I've had a lot of ideas recently about uh, 
time and the different ways that we see time between American and French culture. But know that that dreaming is synonymous with loving, with enjoying, with resting, with breathing in French culture. And remember what I said that l'ennui, boredom, and le rêve, dreams or dreaming, cannot exist together. And one of the ways that we get in touch with our dreams is in our vie privée, our private life. So I start to discuss with you the ways in which French women, well, first of all, what they consider to be part of their private life and the ways in which they really hold that sacred. Uh, French women don't share as much about their private lives with French people in general, with everyone as we do in American culture. In American culture, um, especially in today's culture where vulnerability is really, really pra praised, we are um, celebrated for sharing really, really deep, really personal things. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that one way is right and one way is wrong. I think that it's also wonderful for French people to learn to be more vulnerable about certain things that they might have shame around. But I do think there's a very fine line between uh, sharing that's empowering and sharing that's deflating. So we'll talk about that in the third section of Being Yourself the French Way. The fourth and final section, and this is the section that I'm going to read to you. It's called Mon Jardin Secret. And this is the section in which I really take you through how to treasure your private life, how to have a space where you can be in communion with yourself, with toi-même, yourself, so that you can learn to trust that deepest part of yourself again and so that she can also learn that you're listening again and bring more of herself into your daily life. And I'll take you through the conclusion of the program as well as some mantras. Let's actually start with a few of the mantras that uh, are in the audio that are connected to this part of the course. Here are a few of them. Je fais de mon mieux. I'm doing my best. Je suis bien dans ma peau. I am well in my skin, which is French for I'm comfortable with myself or I'm comfortable with who I am. Je suis libre. I'm free. I love this one. It's very expansive. Garder, soigner, cultiver. Garder, soigner, cultiver. So to keep, to take care of, to cultivate. And this is relevant to our, our secret garden, our jardin secret. Il ne faut pas se poser trop de questions. One mustn't ask oneself too many questions. This is the French way of saying one mustn't overthink. Il ne faut pas se poser trop de questions. It's interesting because although the English equivalent is of asking oneself too many questions is overthinking, when you really think about it, when we are overthinking something, 
that's what we're doing, right? We're actually really, there's, there's the, there are these dangling questions or questions that are being created by other questions that are taking over our minds. Il ne faut pas se poser trop de questions. So this particular section starts off with a quote from Simone de Beauvoir that I love. J'accepte la grande aventure d'être moi. I accept the grand adventure or the great adventure of being me. And this is from her journal when she was a young adult, when she was studying philosophy at the Sorbonne, actually. So let me take you through this first exercise, keeping in mind that by the time you've gotten to this section of the course, you've already done sections one, two, and three. So you've already worked through embracing duality, irrational guilt, the importance of dreams, the importance of recognizing when you're bored in life. I love that. Je m'ennuie. Ça m'ennuie. It's so French. That's such a that's such a French woman. Such a sassy thing to say. I love it. Ça m'ennuie. Tu m'ennuies. You're boring me. And so now you're at Mon Jardin Secret by the time you get to this exercise. Your fourth and final lesson begins with this exercice. That means exercise in French. Before diving into your lesson, please take a few moments to imagine the person that you picture when you envision being yourself. Hear the kinds of thoughts that she has, the way her soul feels, the way she handles herself in the situations that tend to get your mind spinning the most, positively and negatively. Picture the version of yourself that walks the line of gracefulness and shouldlessness, not forcing herself to do the things that don't feel right to her. I have a feeling that she is who you had in mind when you signed up for this course. Take the time now to write about her, describe her, sit back and enjoy how you feel when you write about her. Writing brings us an emotional contact with the essence of ourselves and the histoire, that's French for stories, that live in our minds. You don't have to be a novelist to enjoy this aspect of it. Promis. I promise. Simone de Beauvoir wrote the above quote from Cahiers de Jeunesse, Notebooks from Youth, in her journal as a young woman, before becoming the Simone de Beauvoir that we know today. I chose this quote because it is a powerful reminder that being yourself is a constantly evolving process that takes place throughout your story, one that we cannot know the end of, which is what makes it an adventure or an aventure. It is so easy to think of becoming oneself as a finite goal, but Simone reminds us that it is an évolution, an evolution, not a drastic transformation, transformation, or révolution, revolution. And I'm going to interject here for a second. This is something that I see a lot in Anglophone personal development, self-help literature. These these revolutionary these these um these changes that are really revolutions and are so drastic and are so extreme, you know, it's almost like these extreme diets that what are you supposed to do then when you have to go back to your normal life and eat with your coworkers and do the holidays? Sometimes these personal development programs are really, really radical. And I think that it's always important to remember that time is our friend and change requires time, but also time requires change. We are 
always going to be changing. There is not going to be one specific answer to being the way that we aspire to be or the way that we really know we are inside, but we're having a difficult time bringing that to life in our reality. So I think it's really important to remember that becoming oneself is a never-ending beautiful evolution. It's not a revolution and it's not a drastic transformation. Okay, going back to the text. It is a process of acceptance, openness, and willingness to oversee a collaboration between your inner self and your outer world. She reminds us that time, that l'aventure, adventure itself, will continually give us opportunities to create and to recreate who we are. There is a great freedom in leaving room for change in our journey and being open to surprise surprises. I have found that the best way to stay in touch with that center, with that light deep within that is always at the bottom of the statement, who I am, and remain gently open to adventure, whether moving countries or shifting my values, is to remember that my engine lies within. Whether you are an extrovert or an introvert, it is tempting in Anglo-Saxon culture to be motivated by the opinions that come to us from the outside both about ourselves and about the world. We can feel pressured to share others' opinions and to do as others do in order to feel accepted and legitimize our values. And one of the very common ways that we attempt to gain acceptance in the Anglophone world is by oversharing. French women do not overshare. This is best explained by addressing the way in which we aspire to make everyone our friend in Anglophone culture. I am not talking about simply being friendly, but about forcing emotional connection in situations that, to a French person, would seem unnatural. In American culture in particular, we tend to resist having our own private space, our own private world, our own jardin secret, secret garden. Our vie privée, private life, does not just include what we do behind closed doors in French culture. In fact, it varies dramatically from what is considered to be private in American culture. In order to step into the French way of considering privacy, start to ask yourself why you share certain new inspirations or complex emotions with people that you have not known for more than a year. For example, is it for reassurance about your point of view, for help in making a decision, in an effort to make the other person feel as if they can trust you more? I have thought quite a bit about this Anglo-Saxon habitude habit versus the French custom. And to be fair, I do not think that one is more correct than the other in general. But I do believe that there is a happy medium that can lead us to be more fully who we are. I often felt withdrawn, secretive, or even selfish as I began to share less about my feelings and my personal private life with the people that I interacted with. After nurturing my personal life and inner world more over the past few years, I now feel more balanced. I recognize that I used to think that if I wasn't sharing all of my thoughts and feelings, that it meant that somehow I wasn't at ease with myself. I have come to learn that oversharing actually creates dis-ease with myself. Giving all of yourself away to the world weakens the gentle and invisible inner cocoon that is necessary to preserve your balance and maintain the mental space needed to reflect on and enjoy the aventure, the adventure. And I'm interjecting again, that inner, concu- that inner cocoon, by the way, 
That's the je ne sais quoi. That inner cocoon is amazing because that's that je ne sais quoi that I can't quite put my finger on it that other people sense. But honestly, most importantly, it's that wonderful, beautiful, golden, uh, recycling source of energy that keeps you grounded, that keeps you connected to who you are, no matter what's going on in the world. We often talk about having boundaries with other people in English. I dislike this term today just as much as I dislike the term unapologetically. Living in France has taught me the powerful lesson of living in a way that precludes setting boundaries with people after the fact. This has also been a painful lesson, so please be kind to yourself if this idea is bringing up challenging feelings or thoughts within you. Picture an inner cocoon going forward in the areas where you feel that you need to set more boundaries. Honoring your private life, your inner world, is a very effective and very French way to avoid boundary setting in the future. Anytime that we can avoid acting in a defensive or passive-aggressive way is an opportunity to nourish our center and create a sense of confidence that is calm and strong. There are inevitably, and unfortunately, situations in life that do require more aggressive boundary setting, and they are important to recognize. But I believe that many of the situations in which we practice setting boundaries in American culture could be avoided by having more respect for our private life on a regular basis. Once again, it was the French language that really opened my eyes up to this difference between French and American culture. There is no equivalent of setting boundaries in French. We can talk about les frontières, boundaries, as in borders of countries, or les limites, as in limits, but those words do not have the same meanings. If I talk about needing to créer des frontières, to create boundaries, and you can even hear me smiling because it sounds so, sounds so strange in French, with a friend here in France, it sounds not only political, but dramatic and extreme. It actually would make it sound like the other person had a terrifying amount of power over me. This is key. Because this is really what it comes down to, right, when we feel so defensive. And honestly, you know, growing up I had a, you know, a lot of advice, you know, things like that we hear all the time. No one can uh, what's, what do we, what do we say all the time in, in American culture? You know, people can't, no one can make you feel a certain way or, but that, that never really, that didn't go deep enough for me. That didn't really help me because sometimes what people do, it does, it does create certain emotions in us or affect the way that we feel. So I needed something, I was looking for something that I could, you know, something that was more than just words, but a place that I could vision within myself and something that I could do on a regular basis to really give me that inner strength. And that's why I love this idea of the inner cocoon. The need to have boundaries with others is, however, very real. And I encourage you to approach this the French way going forward, starting with eliminating boundaries from your vocabulary in the sense Picture instead the slow and steady act of creating an inner cocoon, a gentle buffer between you and the world by not oversharing. This will make your private life more full and will help you to seek less fulfillment from people and activities on the outside, which in turn will make you less sensitive to them. 
This will help you to move more directly towards the people and the activities that you love, those that do not inspire l'ennui or boredom. Finally, this will help you to stop overthinking situations, i.e. asking yourself too many questions, and relationships that, you, that have you acting against your intuition. Do continue to be mindful of the areas in your life where you feel the defensive need to set boundaries and do not shame yourself for these feelings. They are wonderful opportunities to examine where you have not respected yourself or given yourself the space that you need or maybe even the time that you need, I would add if I was editing this today. If the idea of sharing less about your personal life has you feeling uncomfortably secretive, I completely understand. The image of having a jardin secret, a secret garden, will help you. You are not obligated to share about every new seedling that is making an appearance in your heart or of every new idea that has come to your esprit, that means both mind and spirit in French, with everyone in your world. Sharing them does not make them any more real. And I refer back to part three's lesson on dreams. Let them pousser, that means to grow, until they are strong enough to withstand others' varying opinions. And by the way, I'm interjecting again, this holds very, 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 very true for those of you who have creative projects who are listening. I remember when I was first starting French is Beautiful, um, I was sharing a lot about what I was doing because, well, par partly because it was so new, you know, I think it's natural when something's new and you're excited, you want to share, but also you're seeking a lot of validation. But now with the the things that I've created since and the things that I'm working on creating now, it's this really wonderful nesting period. It's this very private process that takes place uh, within myself, between, between my soul and my mind and, you know, the time that I give myself to, to brainstorm, i.e. to dream. And I take that sort of gestation period very seriously. I give it a lot of love and nurture and respect. I give it privacy. This will make your own inner world that much stronger. Garder, soigner, cultiver, to keep, to care for, to cultivate. That's one of the mantras I took you through earlier. Maybe this will be your mantra the next time that you feel tempted to share something with the world when your intuition tells you to not force yourself. This is one of the reasons that we detect that je ne sais quoi confidence in French women. They do not deplete themselves of their energy by giving it all away to others in an effort to please or in the hopes of gaining acceptance. And if the last one speaks to you, please know that I write this with a heart filled with compassion as that was me for a very long time. I felt that my ideas needed to be legitimized by others' approval and that they weren't real if I didn't have the courage to share them. Not true. Also, in retrospect, and I'm adding here again, um, a strange thing happens when, well, it's not strange, it makes sense, when, you, when you're oversharing, especially, you know, creative projects, when you're sharing your ideas with other people, it makes sense that they take that as an invitation to give their opinion. And you can tell when a project's very important to you because other people's opinions, especially if they differ from yours, will will really upset you, will really rattle you. So I learned that the hard way. That's another benefit too. Just, you know, really letting your ideas grow, 
germinate within your soul before you bring them to the world. And then once you're ready, other people's opinions, whether or not they differ, won't rattle you. They won't rattle you and they won't, nor will they really uplift you. This is actually going back to a lesson in French confidence about this lesson of, um, you know, people, people's compliments not having that great of, a, of an effect on you because you're so confident in yourself that even if someone says, oh, you look amazing or, or, you know, whatever it is, fill in the compliment, you can say a simple thank you like a French woman and not have it be this sort of thank you in this, oh my gosh, that's so, that's so reassuring. Thank you. More Anglo-Saxon way. Moving on. We have considered la vie privée and how French women care for and honor theirs. You have probably sensed, however, that what constitutes one's private or personal life in France does not have the same equivalent in American culture. In French culture, your private life changes depending upon who you are talking to. This is easy to define in terms of the French language. We share next to nothing about our personal lives with those whom we generally address as vous, that's V-O-U-S, such as colleagues, business owners, even neighbors if we have not had a meal at their home or shared a moment together beyond a bonjour at the mailboxes. We share as much as we feel comfortable sharing with those whom we address as tu, that's T-U, close, and I've underlined close, close friends and family. So close friends, not people we're friendly with. There's a very big difference in French culture between people we are friendly with, we would generally still call those people vous versus people we are friends with, close friends and family, and in some cases, classmates and colleagues. Notice though that I am not implying that French automatically, that the French automatically share everything with those whom they address as two. As I purposefully wrote, and I purposefully wrote that we address close friends as two in France. If you are starting to sense that the French have a much more distant take on what privacy means than the Americans, you are correct. Of course, if you are living in the United States, it will be challenging to instill such boundaries, and I have boundaries in quotes, in your life without coming across as cold. That said, this new vision of what your personal life is and what that inner cocoon or that jardin secret secret garden feels like will enable you to reconsider moments where you are exposing your inner world up to an unnecessary amount of vulnerability. So what makes up your vie privée, your private life in French culture? It can be everything from your romantic relationships to simply where you live or work, depending upon who you are talking to and what you feel like sharing. The most interesting part of this French definition of la vie privée in allowing yourself to significantly undershare by American standards, is something that I learned through personal experience. We also do not overshare in French culture because we do not want to gêner, make feel uncomfortable, others, or to potentially confuse them. Both of these happened to me when my life became more and more filled with French people. I would automatically overexpress my feelings or overshare details of my life with people who either felt uncomfortable because of the emotion involved or confused because the level of sharing felt more intimate to them than the actual present status of our relationship. For example, if we were merely acquaintances. 
The French do not expect much from others in the way of personal information or emotion unless they have known them for quite some time. What may feel like a superficial interaction to an American living in Paris, trying to make deep connections with others, feels very natural to a French person who is merely living in the present. Il ne faut pas forcer. One mustn't force things that only time can truly develop, like trust and intimacy. This sums up perfectly the difference between French people happily calling their local boulangerie owner vous for decades versus the American tendency to want to be friends versus being simply friendly with everyone. Again, I am not suggesting that one way is better than the other, but if you have felt that you have unbecome yourself or if you are searching to be more of yourself in your everyday life, the French approach to privacy will certainly help you to reconnect with your inner self and to stop giving her away before you have the chance to know her. Let me say that again. Stop giving her away before you have the chance to know her. In short, having a secret garden is a good thing. It does not make you selfish, secretive, or less authentic. Je ne sais quoi means I don't know what in French. It means that intangible, inexplicable something. It lives in your jardin secret. And il est précieux. It's precious. Another beautiful benefit of your jardin secret is that it keeps you more in tune with when you are acting à contre-coeur, against your heart. This is one of my favorite French expressions. We all know when we are doing something against our intuition or desire. We feel it quite literally in our heart. It almost feels as if we are acting against a law of nature. Another French expression that I love that is related to this is se forcer, to force oneself. As one of my dearest and longest French friends always says to me, that's Xavier, who you've heard me talk about so much, with whom I'll be celebrating Le Réveillon, New Year's Eve, il ne faut jamais se forcer. One must never force oneself. Sure, sometimes we cannot get around going to certain events and completing certain tasks in life. However, if we limit the number of times that we force ourselves to do something, we increase the probability of being ourselves and of letting the world not only get to know who we truly are, but to come to us. If you are a go-getter like I am, then the idea of the world coming to you might sound very strange. It is hard to let things, people, and experiences come to you if you are constantly trying to maintain the illusion of self-control over every aspect of your experience. Being in control 100% of the time does not allow life to come to you as it is. It does not allow you to see your world and the people and experiences in it for simply who and what they are. And the French are very great at seeing people for who and what they are. You cannot be in control all of the time and allow things to se développer, develop themselves, and respirer, breathe in their own way. You cannot be in control and let yourself transformer to transform and laisser tomber, let go of the past and embrasser, embrace la grande aventure, the great adventure of being you at the same time. <laughs> 
Give yourself a private space inside, a jardin secret, where you can evolve along with the curves and valleys of your journey so that you can be yourself every day in the best way for that moment of your life. Do not overthink your complexities, right? That's part of embracing duality. Do take care of your jardin secret. Do embrace life's many dualities instead of wasting time trying to control them. This is the French way towards being yourself. Imagine the future self that you wrote about before reading this lesson. Now gently picture her walking through your secret garden, accepting the dualities, both her own dualities and those brought before her in life, listed in part one with wise humor. And that's it, chers amis. And that's it, dear friends. At this point, I welcome you actually to revisit the questions in the exercice and the exercises from part one. And then I leave you with a conclusion that I will read now. This course does not have an end. My wish is that its lessons be the beginning of an incredible continuation of your journey as you let go of any apologies towards yourself for past versions of yourself. Step out of the habit of irrational guilt. Learn to approach life as a waking dream and being to communicate with and plan for the future self that calls to you in the moments when you question what being yourself means. May the calm and gentle confidence of French women continue to inspire you to dissolve the veil between the self that you are creating out of protection and the self that is waiting to be lived. May you remember that you are the author of the book that you are reading, the life that you are living, as you rethink your actions at the end of the day and use that remembrance to care for the you who lives in your secret garden, free from shoulds with grace and creative ease. Remember to balance the practical and dreamy sides of life like the French do so that you may live as yourself with an assuredness that is beyond apology as you say to the world, oui, c'est moi. Yes, it's me. To your jardin secret. To the tiny distance between your present and future selves. To the beautiful adventure of being you. Please email me any questions that you have about anything that I shared in this podcast episode. Again, it's Carrie-Anne, C-A-R-R-I-E-A-N-N-E at frenchisbeautiful.com. You can find Being Yourself the French Way, French Confidence, Managing Your Money Like the French, all of these programs that I've created for you in my L'Art de Vivre series on the website, frenchisbeautiful.com. And voila, voila mes beautés. There you go, my beauties. Merci d'être là. Thank you for being here. Je vous souhaite une très belle journée. I wish you a very beautiful day and I wish you a very gentle last few days of 2019.